Welcome to Funeral Directors Chat, where funeral professionals discuss industry topics, trends, and news. And now your host, Nancy Bourbon. I'm Nancy Bourbon, your host for Funeral Directors Chat. Today I'm going to be speaking with Dennis McGee. Dennis C. McGee Jr., actually, who is CFSP, CPC, CFC, and he's been a licensed a funeral director for 11 years. He holds licenses in both New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And Dennis has been an associate funeral director, a funeral home manager, and also a trade embalmer. He's currently employed at the Henry Funeral Home in Audubon, New Jersey. And he's been a contributor to the American Funeral Director magazine, the director, the forum, and he's also appeared on ESPN's Outside the Lines. And you can visit um, Dennis McGee at www.dennismcgee.net. And I'd have to say on a personal note, he's also a funeral celebrant and a member of a hot band. <laughs> Welcome, Dennis. Tell us a little bit about that. Thank you. I'm actually a, a member of the Aqua String Band. We are just uh, one of 17 bands that participate in the annual Philadelphia New Year's uh, Mummer's Day Parade. Uh, the parade itself is just over 100 years old. Our band's been participating now for, for 90 of those years. Actually, 2010 marks the 90th anniversary of the band. That's pretty cool. So um, today we're going to be talking a little bit about green embalming, and I'm going to actually start with your motto. Okay. Dennis always says this, and I think it's really cool. Service is my attitude that says I will look forward to exceeding the expectations of this unique guest. Correct. I believe that uh, e each guest is, is unique to the funeral home that comes in the door, not necessarily the arranging client, but also the, the decedent that we're taking care of. And I've, I've developed this attitude over, uh, over a number of years because I believe in total quality management in everything that we do within the funeral home. I understand that you um, bring your own embalming fluid and your own um, tools with you when you actually um, perform a service at a different funeral home, one that you're not familiar with. Is that right? That's correct. And, and the reason I do that, again, is, is part of that total quality management where uh, when I know that I've, that I've been called to go to a specific funeral home, whether for uh, some clinical work, that what I bring with me is, is enough to make sure the job gets done. I don't have to worry about anybody else uh, having or, or, for the most part, not having what I would need to, to do a good job. This way, I know that I have what I need and can use to deliver consistent, good results. Um, so, Dennis, you speak very often about green funeral services, or there are other terms to actually to describe this. Um, can you discuss this concept with us and why it's sweeping the funeral industry at this time? Yeah, I can. And, and what it does mean to me is that the green funeral services uh, is, is essentially, or what I like to think of it as formaldehyde-free services. And I feel that, that the green movement has really came from within the industry, not from with, outside of the industry, meaning that uh, we can continue to preserve and care for uh, and, and, and present the deceased for viewing and visitation, but we can do it in a little bit of a safer manner using other things than formaldehyde. Uh, you know, formaldehyde served as well over the last century. However, if we look previous to that, we were using arsenic as a preservative, uh, and that certainly did, a, did a, a very, very good job. However, extremely hazardous to the embalmer, and, and we know that formaldehyde uh, also is a, is a cancer-causing agent or a known carcinogen. So, uh, you know, here in this state, I'm sure as, as most funeral homes encounter across the country, there's some strict regulation with uh, air movement and ventilation within the funeral home. 
So it's it's time to maybe rethink what we're using to create a safer workplace. Uh, and I think that just that has a ripple effect across across the industry, uh, not only in 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 protecting your workers, but healthcare costs for the individual and the funeral home. So it has a, a economic impact as well. That makes a lot of sense. Are there other ways that funeral homes are trying to keep their employees safer? One certainly offering you know a, a, a uh, expansive array of personal protective equipment uh, for those who wish to use uh, just a simple surgical mask, maybe a respirator. But most importantly, is just uh, realizing that the, the clinical room or the prep room we we refer to it as the clinical suite here at the funeral home is not just a back room anymore. It's uh, you know should be a uh, high tech I guess uh, room that's that's adequately ventilated. Uh, and you know, one of the things we we can try and do is decrease surface area. Uh, you'll get rid of the slop sinks, maybe create just a little drain, try and contain as much discharge and drainage as you can using you know certainly using drain tubes that that carry the waste away from the embalmer, uh, being very attentive to uh, you know the specific gravities of embalming fluid and positioning your fans and ventilation in the right places. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um- And aside from that, um, I know like in this whole green service movement, um, a lot of people are going to direct cremation. Um, Has that been impacting the funeral home that you primarily work in? It has. And uh, just over this past year, we've we've tipped over a 50 percent cremation rate uh, here at the funeral home. If we if we dissect that just a little further. 26% 26% of, of that is direct cremation, while 24% is cremation with some type of ceremony, whether it be before the cremation process with viewing and casket or after with a memorial ceremony with an urn and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it has been. And, I, and I'm not sure if it's if it's a economic decision because it seems like the folks that choose cremation, direct or otherwise, know what they don't want. They don't want viewing. They don't want embalming. They don't want to casket. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, as a business enterprise, we need to, we need to you know re- reap some economic advantage out of that. And I think there are some ways to do that. Uh, and certainly offering or injecting production value, like um, a, a celebrant, for example, offering something that you can do, whether it be before or after, really uh, really can can change the dynamic of the direct cremation. Um, I know that direct cremation is really a funeral service term. So when clients come to you and they use the word direct cremation, you kind of know they've been shopping around, right? Correct. And um, you can. this is also an opportunity for you to explain to them how important the grieving process is and perhaps sell them on the service of funeral celebrants. That's right. And uh, you're right. When, when folks come in and they say, oh, we want a direct cremation, then that, that certainly – uh, alarms me that they've they've either have experienced something like that in the past, or have certainly spoken with a funeral director because direct cremation really is it is an industry term, not necessarily you know a guest term. However, uh, we prefer to to when a family comes in and requests cre- cremation, we ask them, would you prefer to have a cremation with or without ceremony? Because cremation is just what happens at the end. It's it's a form of disposition, not a funeral. And then that that opens up, you know, the uh, the idea for well, if that's what happens at the end, well, what can we do now between the time the death has occurred to the time we cremate? And uh, we we can offer we can offer a lot of a lot of personalized uh, tribute options that don't necessarily take them away from their desire, but offer and deliver more than just putting someone in a cardboard cremation container and cremating them and giving them back in a cremation container. 
Right, because you know, nine times out of ten, if they if they take them out in that cardboard box, they're going to stay in that cardboard box. Exactly, exactly. And we've even had uh, a few families that we encourage when they come in, and, and you know, and they their mind is made up, and they're going to have a, a direct cremation or a cremation without ceremony. We uh, we've offered them the cremation container itself. So take it home, decorate it. You know, make it make it personal, make it your own. Mm-hmm. And, and the crematory that we use, Philadelphia crematories uh, on State Road, just, just across the bridge from us, they, they give our families complete and full access. So just the process of, of the direct cremation being a family following us to the crematory, maybe witnessing the container going into the retort, or even allowing them to push the button to start the retort, that's it. That's, that's ceremony. That's ritual. That's 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 saying goodbye and, and, and participating in the farewell of the dead. So it's not a lavish viewing or visitation, but it's quaint and it's small and it's something. And and I think that creates meaning. So the next time they come back, you know, maybe maybe you will have we want to see him before the cremation or we want to bring a few more folks to the crematory. So it's you know, it does sort of snowball. Mm-hmm. And there's also um, baby boomers they, they want and they're willing to pay for personalization and memorable experiences. Just a local story is We'd handled a funeral for a gentleman, and he had been, and excuse the pun, a diehard uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan. Just lived the Eagles. You know, everything in the house, around the house, and about it was the Eagles. And there had to be some type of wow factor. There had to be something that would just just really leave this family with an overwhelming positive response to the funeral. And what we did was we had the visitation at the funeral home. It was just uh, maybe an hour or so prior to a mass, the Catholic Church locally, and we hired the Eagles pep band, uh, unbeknownst to the family, and had them waiting at the church. So as the as the funeral procession came down the street, and we parked on the side of the church, and we gathered behind the coach, and we removed the casket, uh, there was the Eagles pep band in full, you know, dress in their jerseys, just wailing away the Eagles fight song. Wow. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it's... Uh, it's a nice, it's a nice touch, you know. It's a nice touch because we're we're delivering a wow experience, but we're doing that's it, it's in a way that's relevant to the person who has died. Um. So, Dennis, let's get um a little personal here. What are you doing? What are you doing your free time? Because I know you know it's no matter how, how you say. I mean, I know you put a real positive spin on this and all, but you know you have to get away from the funeral home once in a while and do something. And Absolutely. I, talk about that a little bit. All right. Uh, Outside of the outside of the funeral home, uh, I have a wife and a daughter at home. My dog and cat. And uh, really, uh, music is my thing. Uh, I've played guitar for ten or fifteen years now, all through high school. But uh, I also play banjo for uh, the Aqua String Band. Uh, we we are one of seventeen bands that participate in the annual Philadelphia Mummers Day Parade. Uh, that that's probably my biggest outside. Uh, outside activity it does take up a lot of time because we do travel quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, we do uh, we call them jobs but we make appearances uh, all up and down the east coast some of the uh, significant engagements that we've been in is uh, we go to Massachusetts every year after after St. Patty's Day and participate in the Holyoke St. Patrick's Day parade uh, we've actually our band's been to Germany to celebrate the uh, fashion carnival uh, we've we've played in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame wow so uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun, and you can always check us out uh, on YouTube or Facebook at uh, Aqua String Band. That, that sounds really fun. It sounds like it kind of takes the uh, the burden off of the uh, be, you know and being in the grieving industry so much. Right, it does. Um, what trends do you see in the death care industry coming about? I mean, you're relatively young, so you, and you have a kind of a young aspect on the industry. 
I, I think the industry as a whole is is moving in a way that's that's really not conducive to what the funeral home industry is used to. It, it's we're almost evolving out of our out of our comfort zone because uh, the the sale of caskets is becoming fewer and fewer. The the viewings and the visitations, or even the need for large funeral homes, is really no longer the norm. Families are doing things a lot quieter. They're doing a lot things a lot smaller, and they're certainly not choosing to bury. They're not choosing to have graves and monuments and so on and so forth. So it's it's forcing us to rethink what we do, not what we sell. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's going to be important from here on out is creating opportunity within the funeral home to deliver – and I don't want to say service. I want to say deliver experience because that's that's what people will, will invest in is experiences. Mm-hmm. And you say service is my attitude, so you go. You actually um, engage the guests with the um, the idea of providing service, not items, not items to sell. Basically, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. When when a family comes in, my interest is in delivering service, being the best that I can to help you know help them personalize it, help them provide little cues and memorabilia that's going to help tell the story. It's helping. Get, getting them through difficult questions, whether it be wills and estates or questions about life insurance or what's going to happen. Uh, our state association, uh, the New Jersey State Funeral Directors Association, is very, very active in field testing a number of products and a number of services that really help us move away from just worrying about can we sell a bronze or a copper casket to how we can help families or help guests that enter the funeral home not only at the time of death, but before the time of death and even beyond that time of death in, in a you know, pre-care or pre-need or advanced funeral planning environment to mm-hmm. an at-need arrangement to a to – and I don't, I don't want to say um, aftercare, but after-funeral services that we can provide as well. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Now, do you have any advice for young people who are entering the funeral industry? I do, and I'm actually serving as a preceptor now for an apprentice here at the funeral home, and what – my advice to, to the new people entering the industry is be tough, be demanding, be demanding on the employers, be demanding on the funeral homes because you're going to change this industry. You're going to be the ones that are going to take the tradition that's been laid out before us over the last hundred years, and you guys are going to drive you know, the, the next hundred years. And I would love to see all these different things improve from you know, the working environment in the preparation room to the delivery of funeral services on whatever scale it may be, from providing direct cremation services to the most lavish funeral that anyone can put together. Mm-hmm. But be demanding. So you force the funeral homes to evolve, not just allow them to be reactive and evolve to the trends. We, we should do it. We should be driving change, mm-hmm. not responding to it. That makes a lot of sense. Do you have any final thoughts, Dennis? Uh, I don't. I don't at the moment. You, If you would like to learn a little bit more about me, you can visit me at my website, dennismcgee.net. There's uh, a contact field. You can fill it out uh, if you wish to do that. Uh, you can also check me out on Facebook. You can find me at uh, Dennis Digger McGee on Facebook. And uh, if anyone would like to email me, you can do that too. It's den, D-E-N, at dennismcgee.net. Thank you, Dennis. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today about your uh, motto, Service is My Attitude, that says, I will look forward to exceeding the expectations of this unique guest. You've really proved that you're, you're living your motto. You're walking, you're walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, and your attitude about green funeral services has been very informative. Um, really appreciate that. And I'm sure a lot of listeners, um, you're going to bring a lot of value to them. 
And um, if they if they would like to contact you, they can, like you said, they can contact you on Facebook. They can contact you. Um, are you on LinkedIn? Uh, I'm not on LinkedIn. Just Facebook, or they can go directly to my website. Okay. Uh, at dennismcgee.net, or if they, there's a field uh, on the, I believe, contact me page, or they can fill it out and, and uh, email me, or they can email me directly, and it's den d e n at dennismcgee.net. Okay, and I'm going to end it with. Um, if they'd like to come see your band, where, where are you performing next? Uh, we are, our next performance is actually going to be in Falls Rivers, Massachusetts on Sunday, April 25th. We're playing a concert there that is uh, going to be quite a show, quite a show. But you can always check us out at, uh, on YouTube. Just search Aqua String Band. You can see a bunch of performance videos there. Uh, you could also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com backslash aquastringband, or our homepage at aquastringband.com. Wow, that's great. You're really an interesting person, Dennis, and I've enjoyed doing this today with you. Thanks. Thank you very much for the opportunity. United Priority Distributors offers an extensive catalog of unique and exclusive cremation urns, including artistic urns, veterans' memorials, and brass urns that can be engraved and shipped the same day. For more information, visit unitedpriority.com.